0: the Korean drama podcast with Emily and Raquel. And this is the show where we take a K-drama, we watch it four episodes at a time, and then we get together here every week to
1: talk about it. Yeah, this week we watched episodes five through eight of Mystic Pop-Up Bar. Um, I want to throw a question out there.
0: I feel like we don't usually or very often do this. I am begging anyone who's listening and who has watched this show to tell me if they also thought episode five was by far the best episode, or was that just me? Am I putting it on too high of a pedestal?
1: Episode five was pure emotional destruction, but I loved every second of it. It was uh, flawlessly done. They flawlessly destroyed me emotionally. I, I don't know if I can even talk about it. No, yeah, we might have to skip talking about episode 5, and everyone here can just assume that we loved it more than life, so... Yeah,
0: we'll try and circle back, but I was crying harder than I've cried in
1: years. Oh, I was sobbing. I was wearing, like, a denim jacket while I was watching it. Um, Wish I had had something a little more absorbent, even. Because <laughs> uh... <laughs> I was just liquid it liquefied me uh-huh yeah
0: mm. <laughs> we'll come back to episode five because i'm getting choked up just thinking about it <laughs> so just Not putting ready. the question out there was it the best by far or are we just emotionally vulnerable right now and you know thinking too much into it
1: yeah just like ready to be hurt like maybe we're just broken and we love to cry Mm-hmm. So. Maybe it's just us. Um, I want to talk about another favorite part. There were so many favorite parts in these four episodes. I am freaking loving this K-drama. It is up there for me. <laughs> right? It is among the best for me. Agreed. Um, but one of my favorite parts that I thought was just absolutely perfectly done. It was pure comedy. It was ridiculous. But also it had, like, such a good, um, what's the word I'm looking for? I guess, like, undertone or, like, subtext of what they were trying to tell you when they went to see a movie and they saw, like, the gout couple or something (laughs) who couldn't touch each other. Uh And both of them have never been able to have physical relationships with other people because it has pushed others away in one way or another to ever touch another human being and just the two of them sobbing in a theater of laughing people <laughs> soulmates so
0: cute and perfectly funny and weird but yes yeah, so adorable oh <laughs> there was a lot of flirting in these episodes like, episode five, first half, was just so much flirting. Mm-hmm. And they kept it going. They are keeping these ships
1: sailing, and I'm here for it. Yeah, they've pushed them out. I am still so confused about exactly what they're doing with whoever the prince reincarnated as and everything. I think we're supposed to be confused. I'm kind of confused in a way... That is bordering on disliking the situation, but it really depends on how it goes at the end. How what what we come out with. Because I'll just be like really honest right now. If it comes out that Kong Bei is in any way a romantic interest for well Ju, then I'm out. I'm I'm dipping. (laughs) (laughs) But uh I'm just not at all invested in them together. Yeah. Same. I just can't really see it, especially when my whole heart has uh, been taken by the manager Gui ju ship. Just, I put my heart on that ship and set it out to sea. <laughs> so, that's where I'm at. My heart's gone. It's with one ship, and if that ship doesn't work out, if this OTP doesn't work out, then who am I? A heartless monster, that's who. <laughs>
0: And we can't have that, so just nope, so. put them together. <laughs> I, I mean, I didn't need him to be. I didn't need any of them to be the reincarnated prince. Nobody right? needed to be that in my book.
1: What if neither of them were, and that was still fine? Because she can love again after losing love. would are totally the first okay place. with that. Yeah,
0: but if one of them has to be, manager agree, hundred percent.
1: Yeah, please, please. <laughs> but also what? But also, I know that that's not like, like you said, one hundred percent. One of them is, and hopefully it's Manager Gui, because the little spooky guy, the villain again, that we didn't necessarily need, but they're doing a great job. Yeah. Um. But the villain, uh, he is stalking them. And has definitely said your majesty in both of their direction.
0: Oh. So, I don't think I realized
1: that. Ew. Ah, come on. Yeah, but they're always together, so you don't know if he means yeah. both of them, or just one of them, or what. But how does he even keep track of the souls?
0: Like, he's just yeah, been on Earth.
1: How, what's your powers, bruh? Like, how did you- How? why do you know shit? I guess his dad is Death. So, how is his dad death? Okay,
0: no, I created a whole (laughs) alternate storyline fanfiction in my head of why his dad is death.
1: Please tell me.
0: (laughs) Buckle up, here we go. (laughs) I was just so confused about it. It's such a good, like, plot twist, but I want them to explain it. And hopefully they do. My theory is that his dad, in real life, historically, was probably, like head of the king's guard, because it seemed like the son, um, Won Hyung, this bad guy, seemed like he was head of the prince's guard. So I assume his dad was, like, pretty top-notch guard for the palace for the king. So maybe he died. He went to the committee of death, and they were like, you did great, you were super loyal to the royal family, you can have basically anything you want, you get an A, 100% rating, like, choose what you want. And he was like, my son is still alive on Earth, or maybe his son died before him, and he's like, I want to know that my son's soul went to the afterlife, and they were like, well, he didn't. You know, for some reason, he was like, I want to keep track of my son, I want to keep tabs on that boy. And they were like well the only way you can do that is to become a grim reaper i guess and just kind of stay in this middle between the afterlife and reality and he was like cool i will do that because i'm here for my boy i want to i want to keep tabs on that one he seems a little bit iffy right now and uh you said you'd give me anything I want, and they were like, Cool. Cool cool cool. You will be death now.
1: That's my fan fiction. The end <laughs> I'll uh further it by saying and then he couldn't reap his own son's soul and now he's feeling guilty because his son has become a a demon. Ooh. So But I don't know, we'll see. I I like it. I'm interested. I'm confused. hmm I'm intrigued i'm ready to hear more Um, (laughs) yeah because they i also okay so here's the thing i don't think that the living world is irrelevant right obviously to like the death world and the dream world obviously they all work together and there's a whole bunch of different directions everything is taken and this show does an awesome job of exploring that but there's a couple things that confuse me because it just seems like there's, it's such a big picture that it's hard for me to believe holding on to a grudge 500 years ago, you know? So maybe I am being reductive, but it's hard for me to believe that if you know so much of the intricacies of life and death and how minuscule one piece of time is, it wouldn't be completely irrelevant, but I don't know that it holds up. Like, I guess I'm confused. I want to know more about this villain, first of all, because I want to know why he cares after 500 years or whatever. Um, And I'm also sometimes a little confused about old Jew, because I get that having two people that she loved and feeling like one betrayed her and feeling like the other well, obviously not feeling like the other died, and we don't really know what became of her soul, but I guess I'm just, i it's always very confusing for me to have her this many years, this 500 years later, still be, like, so wrecked over that, knowing that there was, like, a process with which these lives are handled.
0: Okay. That's interesting. That's an interesting philosophical argument of, Yeah, that we'll never really... How do you face the reality of the universe and see how balanced things are and still hold on to your anger after 500 years? How was she betrayed? Was she betrayed by the prince?
1: No, but the villain, I think, told her that he just didn't want to see her anymore and that's why he was meeting with her and he wasn't actually going to protect her. She just feels like it's betrayal because he made all these promises that he would protect her and take care of her and everything would be okay and that he loved her and that was enough. And then she goes to her fr- his friend and is like, hey, can I see him? Shit's really hit the fan. My mom's been killed. Uh, I'm scared and sad and alone and I just need to see the man I love. And according to his best friend that she had no reason to distrust at the time he didn't want to see her anymore so she couldn't see him okay i think that's a little bit
0: confusing to me i get i get her feelings 100% there how is his best friend holding on to any grudge shouldn't he be like pursuing forgiveness after all these years
1: right what is his grudge i'm yes i'm very curious about <sighs> all of his motivations, because they have not presented really any of them. He showed up in, like, episode six, and that's pretty late in the game for a 12-episode series. <laughs> and he literally just appeared, and then we got to see a couple of, like, flashbacks, but none of them present a motivation. No one's like, and then his father was killed by the king. Mm-hmm. Or whatever would cause him to just hate the royal family.
0: Yeah, I can't tell. It seems like maybe he just hates Wolju. Maybe he hates the prince.
1: I think it's the prince because he's stalking the prince home. Whoever the reincarnated prince is. Versus Wolju is sitting alone in the bar and he followed them and didn't go and confront her. Okay. But that's just speculation at this point. Maybe he's trying (laughs) to... Find the prince to be like, hey, it's me, your boy, let's kill a wall Jew. I don't know.
0: (laughs) As you can see, they are working above our pay grade right now. We have no idea what's (laughs) going on. We'll see what happens. I'm interested. (laughs) There. Okay, back to the kind of weird love triangle thing they're doing. There was one point where Woldu and Manager Gui were kind of arguing or at least debating who has it harder, the people who die or the people who are left behind. I feel like that really just seals the deal. It has to be him that's the prince, right? Like, you can't take that. I feel like you can't take that argument away from me. You can't be like, oh, whoops, Kong Bei was the prince the whole time. Like, so clearly they've built up that Manager Gui has been through it as well. He's been through something. And it seems like he was on the opposite side of whatever Wu-Ju went through. he has gotta be the prince, and you can't just undermine all those beautiful scenes. Where he's clearly in so much pain when she's talking about how much she went through. And he's like, okay, well, the people left behind also went through it. Don't take that away from me.
1: Don't do it. Yeah, I, I, they, if they do, then it changes the whole show. It really does. It kind of, it, it really, they'd just be undercutting their whole point, it feels like. But we'll see. We'll see. I, Okay. Here's a fun out of left field prediction. This okay, so this episode is just the weirdest prediction corner. The whole thing, the whole thing is prediction <laughs> corner, and uh, Emily and I just bounce fan fiction ideas off of each other. Here we go.
0: We'll get to the show eventually, but Here right we now go. we're having a good time.
1: Yeah, because uh, I have this secret hope that Kong Bei is her mom reincarnated reincarnated Oh, that's kind of cute mm-hmm. especially because they have not given any like overly romantic undertones they've just kind of you know like slid in here and there that he could be the prince but there's never been a moment where it was like too much mm-hmm. romantic affection between them to make that creepy I really like this This is this is a good prediction I'm gonna back this one up I didn't want it so badly because he has shaman like powers. Yeah. So and her mom was a shaman and it he came to her with the uh hairpin that his that her mom gave her. Um and her mom handed that to her and said, if you hold this tightly, you'll always have the one you need, or like the one you need will find you, or whatever the exact translation was. Uh-huh. And I just love the idea of her needing her mom, and her mom coming to her in a, in the next life with a little hairpin. That's so
0: cute. I love this mom storyline, where Wolju has never once let go of her love for her mom. She's like, top tier, my mom is the best thing that has ever happened to this planet. I freaking love that woman forever. That is beautiful to me, and I'm so here for it. I will say one tiny counter-argument, kind of similar to I don't need anyone to be the reincarnation of the king or the prince. I just I just love that maybe there could be four people in Wolju's 500-year life that loved her instead of just two that have been reincarnated again. It's like,
1: oh, yeah. That kind of
0: hurts on some that. small level.
1: <laughs> I do love that. And yeah, I think at the end of the day, if it was just that these two just loved her for who she was and saw the good in her and they weren't reincarnations of anyone, that in its own way would be a thing of beauty. Like, that's fine, right?
0: But obviously spectacular writing on your part. I would very much love if sweet little Kong Bei was the reincarnation of her mom. <sighs> That's cute. (laughs) episode six, how did you feel about that storyline? It was the one where a couple couldn't get pregnant, and the solution Mm. was to
1: just get them pregnant. It's a little conflicting. Things I think they handled well. Before they got pregnant... They had reconciled. They had reconciled not just their fight, but with the idea that they couldn't have kids and it was okay as long as they had each other. I think that was very important before they gave her a baby that she is able to come around and see her husband's point of like what they have isn't nothing. In fact, what they have is really beautiful. And they come first and then a baby either comes from them or doesn't, but they like have each other and there's beauty in that too um that said this one's a tricky one for me because i think that i really it was heartbreaking to watch a woman who wanted a child that couldn't have it right like and i think that that's something that people are really starting to open up about like these days about infertility about miscarriages and that effect it like the effect it takes and that it's more common than we think because for a long time people just didn't talk about how much that was happening how much it hurt um so i think that that was like a really really beautiful storyline and i'm glad they talked about it and i think that they handled it well kind of framing her emotions and how she didn't always handle it in the most healthy way but um, but she did have people who loved her that like I don't know there was just a lot it was a very layered story and I liked it I think kind of like you said maybe the solution wasn't that they came up with wasn't the solution but I'm happy for them I just it's interesting I guess yeah. what do you think?
0: Similarly, I think they got 99% of the way there. I think it was done so well for so much of the episode to be like, this is a real-life struggle. This is something people experience, and it needs to be talked about more because it is excruciatingly painful, especially if that's all you've ever wanted. And you've been trying for years and years, and they show how handling friends who have kids can be, can be hard, and how talking to your parents about this kind of stuff can be hard. And it can almost tear apart your marriage. And then they get them back together right at the last second. She realizes that she has pushed her husband away, and that that's not what she wanted to do. That is something that she cherishes apart from being a mother is this marriage that she has built with her husband. And it was, it just felt so undermined by being like, and the solution, just give him a baby. It's like, no, because that's not always the reality for so many people out there. That's not the ending that they get. And it felt so reassuring to show it on TV of like, we see you, we hear you. We we know you're in pain. And then to be like, "But it'd be really co- it'd be a happier ending if they got a baby." You're like, "No. Just it's a happy enough ending to just let them be."
1: Right? Like I I even think that if they didn't I'm not even sure I would have wanted this because I agree that the happiest ending would would have been just letting or I guess happy enough maybe not the happiest but realistically happy and painting a picture of an alternative family you know um but even if they had explored other avenues like adoption i don't know how prevalent adoption is in korea but if korean dramas are anything to go by there's a bunch of orphanages that have children who need families i know that 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 Korean dramas likely don't paint the most accurate picture um and I don't know what the adoption process looks like in Korea but um I just feel like adoptions really powerful and it is an alternate way to to build a family like I think that that that's really beautiful in and of itself and obviously if someone doesn't want that for themselves then that, like, you're still a whole and valid person never having or adopting children, but... Yeah,
0: I was kind of glad they didn't explore adoption just because I think it could have muddled the storyline even more, where there's a lot... Thinking your whole life that you are going to be a mother to a child that you grow inside of yourself and coming to terms with the fact that maybe you can't is so much, is enough of a process that I feel like just introducing like, but you could just buy a child is like, (laughs) don't, she has a lot on her plate right now. Let's not, let's not yell at her about all the other options that she does have completely valid. But I think it would have just taken too much time. I think she was in a very, very vulnerable state and we just had one episode to talk about it where I can imagine it could take weeks or months or years to be like, to be ready to think about other options and explore things like adoption. And I'm glad they weren't like, and then the her first day back at work after deciding to give up on having a child, she's talking about adoption. It's like, don't put that on her. <laughs> But I I know your point, because I think you and I have both talked about adoption as options for us in the future.
1: Yeah. And like, I don't know, for me personally, it's something I would want to explore first before Mm. childbirth, um, which I don't think is like a thing for most people that like they think of adoption or like fostering a child first and then childbirth later. Um, which is not to say that like it is a worse or better choice in any way. It is just like something that I have considered because adoption played a really big role in my family's life. I am not adopted, but my mom is. Um and uh she fully believes that she like ended up where she was supposed to be. Um, and so like that's kind of magical to me. And so that's why I considered it. But I, I agree with you that it just isn't for everyone and it shouldn't be like i don't know just like the option because of cuz we couldn't figure out how to have a baby so yeah uh i guess we'll need some this. therapy yeah and some good dreams about like and just like the time with her husband and maybe down the line they could be like you know what else you know this would we be fine still or have if a they kid. never decided that yeah
0: yeah but Yeah, there was that scene in the car ride where I think she was like, I just always imagined having a baby with your face. And I think that's something that a lot of parents look forward to and think about a lot. So to say, like, and I gave up on that and got another beautiful, totally valid child of mine. It is obviously a child of my heart as a lot of, Korean dramas put it. But it doesn't have my husband's face. Like, um, I think that's a different experience and something that she would have to work through, and I'm glad they didn't just shove it into this one episode.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's all a process.
0: It's a process. But dang. I mean, obviously we got a happy ending. I shouldn't complain this much. (laughs) It was a very beautiful episode.
1: All of these episodes are so surprisingly beautiful. What are they. How are they doing this out of a comedy? Out of what feels like (laughs) pure comedy, and then all of a sudden a really meaningful moment happens, and it's like, well, dang, okay. This feels like whiplash, but like the best kind, I guess. If I'm gonna have whiplash, do it in a beautiful way.
0: (laughs) I don't wanna be hurt, but. I'm here for it, I guess.
1: Yeah. I, I showed up. <laughs> um I am I am and will forever be grateful that we had a full dance set scene where they showed <laughs> their whole performance. It was so precious and beautiful and wholesome and they did such a good job. And Uh, part of me was a little bit disappointed that they didn't go with the sparkly, weird costumes, but also... Right? What was that? But they did end up with something that was aesthetically less humiliating, but, like, where's my comedy? I want to see them dance in the glitter outfits.
0: Like, obviously, those outfits aren't ridiculous on their own. People who are professional dancers can pull those off. The comedy comes from... These two being kind of mediocre dancers, like fairly yeah. obviously leagues better than I am, but Same. we're just saying the comedy in the sparkle outfits comes from them not being professional dancers. It was a and bold their discomfort, choice.
1: yeah, like them putting something on that they're not fully comfortable in, doing something that they're not fully comfortable doing, but like f- for the company here we go <laughs>
0: yeah, what is this this whole storyline is so weird ha- have you ever worked for a company that could ever convince you in your off hours we're gonna ask you to do 30 minutes to an hour of dance classes with just a random coworker from another department
1: for the next few weeks and then you'll have a contest I mean to be honest I I want to be on your level with this, but it's not it's not necessarily something I could have seen my former company doing to the extent that they did cuz this place gave their workers way more money for for this. Uh but like I like just to paint a picture of what corporate America does sometimes as a way to avoid like confronting the actual reality of like the toll the pandemic took on their workers and to avoid the reality of having to like pay a living wage or a living salary they do these things similar to like the big joke going around of like we're not going to give you a raise but here's a pizza party um straight up we had stuff like uh there was a day where we took an hour to do an at-home scavenger hunt and the team who won got amazon gift cards and that was just like an hour of our day where like we were on teams and we all had to run around our individual homes and take pictures and coordinate with each other via text of how we were doing this and uh then we uh yeah, had to submit those pictures, and the team who won got a thing, and that happened like kind of a weird amount, where it was like, okay, well, you're really busy, um, and we're not gonna ask you to do it after hours, but probably you'll have to stay after I get everything done because we just took an hour of the time you had allotted to like get the things on your plate done,
0: and we're gonna have
1: you do this, and it just was different because they do a whole bunch of little things instead of like one big talent competition. So that's, the, that's what I was looking at with my corporate America job. Um, and if you love those t- types of things in your work environment, that's great. That's wonderful. I became very suspicious of them because to me it was just like distraction yeah, tactics.
0: Better health care. Thank you.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll take the health care and uh, a regular raise. Yes, thank you. Uh, I would prefer if you rehired some of the layoff co-workers, because I am drowning in work. Yes, thank you. <laughs>
0: oh no. Fair. It just seemed like a lot of money. Uh, either they got a lot of money from the company for these dance lessons, and their outfits, and the time that they put into this, Or they just did it all for free outside of work hours, being like, I'm going to win $500 cash prize for a month of working overtime. I'm like, I just don't see the math. I don't see the numbers here, guys. (laughs) Is
1: this what companies really do?
0: Good to know. They kind of do.
1: Yeah, they kind of do. Yeah. You don't get paid overtime, you get fun distraction tactics where one person gets paid what they should have just been paid in overtime for the extra work they were doing.
0: Uh, Well, at least they won. (laughs) Everyone else lost and they got nothing, so (laughs) that's so much worse.
1: Yeah, I just expected it to be like a company soccer match or like a company baseball league or something.
0: Yeah um, I guess that's when they were like what my office does here is like baseball and volleyball games. Pretty voluntary stuff. <laughs> Come if you want. Come if you want. Also it's like once. It's not like I've I don't know, seen, seen on T V that some companies have like a baseball team that their team practices regularly and then competes with other companies' teams. I don't know if that's a real thing. My office is like, one day only, we're going to compete with the other offices in town. That's that's perfect for me, thank you. I can only embarrass myself so many times.
1: They tried to put together a regular soccer league at my former company, but only two people wanted to participate. Everyone else was like, uh, no. So then it just ended up being like, they both joined the same team in a soccer league. Oh. But a lot of us went to watch our friends play, so it was kind of like (laughs) the company soccer league. (laughs) (laughs) That's kind of cute. I guess,
0: I mean, along those lines, all of these people are really good at dancing. Everyone who entered this competition was, like, killing it. I called them mediocre. We know I was was putting the bar too low. Like, we know I'm wrong. <laughs> they were spectacular dancers for just being part-time employees at a grocery store. Like, what are you doing there? You all could be
1: idols. How is this possible? I don't get it, but I'm proud of them. Yeah, I'm so proud of them. It, realistically, <laughs> that should have been a much more cringy situation, but they all did great. Yeah. It was only cringy because Wolju ha- or Yeah. Wolju had sabotaged the whole thing. Mm. Manager Gui tried to sabotage literally one-fifth of the thing and couldn't oh do it.
0: <laughs> Manager Gui, she took out so many teams while you were failing to take out one team. Come on, bud.
1: <laughs> oh. And you missed the dance. It was so cute. <laughs> <laughs> you missed I you think the dance. only
0: part that made me really cringe during that episode was when the firefighters were being <laughs> Oh no, Raquel's dogs are going crazy. Um, when the firefighters were in front of the committee deciding what they were gonna be reincarnated as, and they made the kind of wink wink little joke that they were gonna become BTS because they had sacrificed their lives for saving like, 300 people, I was like, oh my god, you guys, (laughs) the moral implications that this show just throws out there are insane.
1: Yeah, I, I think on some level we can appreciate the comedy behind it, but then there's the whole level of, like, okay, I really, really want us all to examine, like you said in our last episode... If that's what gets you good things in life, then what? why are we even trying to cure childhood disease? Clearly they were monsters. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, don't do this with this show. Uh,
0: yeah, it was very, like, cringe humor. We can laugh it off. I am a huge diehard BTS fan. I love those good boys. But I would never put them in the same category as martyrs and i think it is a bold thing for this show to say like but they could have been and they probably
1: were think about it how much do you love them do you love them as much as you love martyrs then uh i think you they should. might just be martyrs
0: yeah. <laughs> no i will not put them on the same level as martyrs They're just, they're very good. They're very good good singers and dancers. I don't know how good they are as people. I've never met them. I just like
1: to call them good boys because they're talented boys.
0: Yeah, they speak for good causes. But I don't know. I genuinely do not mean this in any direction. I do not know if they would sacrifice their lives to save a person. And I think that's something hopefully we don't have to find out. Yeah, maybe
1: they would, maybe they wouldn't. But it honestly, like, it's a lot to handle that we're just assuming that if someone is successful, then they definitely 100% did something uh, like sacrifice themselves for the country in their last life. That's
0: a lot. That's a yeah. lot. No, <laughs> I'm not giving them that. Mm-mm. No.
1: Oh. There's a oh. part of me that feels like that's just a very, like, capitalist thing, though. We don't have to talk about it. We can talk <laughs> about the next thing. <laughs> I'm
0: sorry. I forgot that episode was the one with the gambling addict. Oh, yeah. For me, kind of episodes seven and eight, the. The ghosts we were following a little bit fell flat for me. Not bad at all. But, you know, episode five really set the bar too high.
1: And then I binged the rest. When you put your best episode smack dab in the middle, like, what are you gonna do? It's only down from there. hmm I can't envision a more beautiful, sad, heartbreaking episode. Like, they, I think they did it. I think they got us. Yeah. I think...
0: Episode 7 was, like, rough, kind of sad, but Mm -hmm. not terrible. Episode 8, we got a little closer with the love storyline. Maybe I'm just a sucker for love. Like, the friendship was there in Episode 7, but it wasn't a really healthy friendship,
1: so it was admittedly hard to watch. Yeah. It was a very abusive friendship that didn't have, like, all we really got in consolation of the terrible things that happened to the good friend was that, well, Jew said that he would be taken care of by the people up there, quote, quote. So, God, I (laughs) guess. Maybe Um, after he died. Maybe after he died, maybe soon. But he seemed to have lost everything, and we didn't get a whole lot of confirmation that he was going to be actually taken care of in any way. Yeah, I think they said he got his girlfriend
0: back. I can't Mm. remember what else, though. I mean, (laughs) it was just hard to watch. And episode 8, similarly, great story, solid finale. Like, they finished very strong, but the fact that they broke up over a misunderstanding was, like, so classic k drama Like, you want to just jump out of your skin. Like, just listen to the whole conversation. Don't overhear one tiny sentence that she says over the phone and then decide to ghost her for the rest of time. Like, it's so hard to watch.
1: Yeah. It just feels like a lot of these people's problems could be solved with literally any amount of healthy communication, but... You know, I guess don't tell her you're breaking up with her, and why. Just ghost her until she dies. <laughs> Is that what you wanted, bud? It's... Mm, I mean, it's rough to watch. Now he has to live with that? Is that our consolation? Because that's just sad. <laughs> it's just sad all around. All of it was just a little bit of a bummer. Mm-hmm. But I'm happy for her. She got to take a pretty pearl clip to the afterlife with her.
0: And I I did... I really liked the ending, even as sad as it was for him to have to go on living, knowing that the last thing he d- did to his girlfriend before she died was ghost her. I really feel like that line of, you just, I want you to know you were loved, where he thought that she was just messing with him and that he was just a poor delivery man who was never deserving of love. I'm glad that they rectified that. I thought that was a beautiful line and a beautiful little moment between them. I'm happy with it.
1: Yeah, it was good. I'm being a little too disparaging, but because it was really beautifully done and I think that The help that they received was like the best that could be done for the situation, and that was really lovely. I think the first time I had the thought, though, was during this episode. I had this thought of, these people all take their dreams much more seriously than I do. Like, they wake up from these dreams ready to talk about stuff. Um, last night I had a dream that there was a secret room in my parents' house that was a pantry-slash-laundry-room combo with a bunch of extra storage and, like, some ovens. Uh, and that was, like, I woke up and I thought, weird. And then I <laughs> moved on. I get that.
0: I think, for me, it's the vivid, vividness of your dreams, Where you're like, most of the time, most of my life at least, I had dreams that I could not remember anything about. And that's fine, because they were dumb. They're dumb, meaningless dreams. But with pregnancy, a common side effect is vivid dreams. So now I'm like, these are crazy. What? I'm not analyzing them because, I don't know. I just don't do that. I don't really analyze my dreams. That's not my thing. <laughs> but if I did, I would have a lot to work with. <laughs> I remember so much, and so much happened so vividly. It was all very real. So maybe if, like, you were always having just, you know, unclear dreams that you can't really remember, and then one day you dream that your grandpa brought you a lottery ticket, and you're like, I remember every number that he told me, you would... You
1: would sit down and pay attention. I don't know. Yeah. I do feel like that's how I dream, though. Like, I'll go a while without remembering my dreams, and then I'll have one about, like, a spare room in my parents' house or something. A secret room uh, Mm. that we found after we knocked down a wall. And I'll remember, like, what that room looked like and which room it was attached to or whatever. And then I'll wake up and I'll be like, I haven't remembered a dream in a while, but I remember a lot of that one. In mm. fact, I even went back to sleep after that dream because I woke up because Maurice was throwing up on the carpet. And so I woke up oh, to no. clean it up. And I went back to sleep and I still remembered it. So I guess that's sort of how I dream, but like, yeah, maybe if someone was like, these are the lottery ticket numbers, and I remembered like the actual numbers, I'd be like, oh, that's impressive. I remember my parents telling me they knew about the room and they were hiding it for until uh my brother and I moved out. And I was like, we've both moved in and out a couple times. I feel like that ship has sailed. You were just like really sitting on it. Did you want us <laughs> to be dead first?
0: Oh, no. This room is really haunting you. I really feel like
1: you should look this one up. Yeah. Should I, should I knock a hole in my parents' wall? Apparently.
0: Yeah. I think you have to at this point.
1: <laughs> Maybe there's something hidden Ugh. in the wall that my dad, who's still alive and just upstairs, and I could ask him, knows about. <laughs> he hid it in the but wall why when people call him. Ask him if he's hiding it. He'll yeah. <laughs> never tell you. Hey, sir. Excuse me, sir. Man who raised me? Tell me secrets. Yeah. <laughs> I dreamed them. They must be real. Should we talk about episode five? <laughs> Yes? I don't even know what to say. (laughs) I don't even know what to say. It was just very beautiful. It was
0: very beautiful and terrifying at the same time. I think everyone fears dementia and losing their mind slowly. But dang, this show did not hold back at all.
1: I think what really got me was, yes, the dementia mixed with being alone is so terrifying to me because I I have heard stories of people who have loved ones with dementia and just how heartbreaking that is for them because it's losing someone over a very long period of time and losing not just them to death, but, like, who they are and they become, like, a different person. Yeah. So I think that that's, like... That in and of itself is very, like, scary and heartbreaking. But think about, like, thinking about this situation in particular where he was diagnosed with dementia in a situation where he was completely alone. Like, there was no one there to realize, like, you aren't yourself. The closest he got was co-workers that, like, clearly they weren't there to help him. They were there to make money off of him. I don't know. I feel like that his- last
0: scene with his boss was, mm-hmm. we got... A little bit closer to compassion, where he was like, I went off the rails in front of your coworkers. That was stupid of me. I genuinely apologize. But I think I see that you are you are different and I don't think you can see that you are different. And I want you to have the best that you can have. I think that means resigning before you're fired so that you can have a severance package. And I know that's hard to hear. And to be the one to tell someone that his wife has died when he doesn't remember. I don't know, I got, like, obviously we didn't spend too much time with that scene. But I got hints that his boss genuinely cared about him and was un une- unequipped to deal with the situation, but wanted the best for him.
1: Yeah, but I mean, that's kind of the thing, though, too, right? Because, like... If that's the closest thing you have to someone who can realize something's wrong and taking care of you, then, like, that's an even scarier situation. Like, I I wouldn't wish that on anyone to be in a situation where, like, you have no one to the extent that, like, the closest people that you have to you are people that can pretty much just say, like, hey, you're different. There's nothing I can do other than advise you to, like, get money out of it. And, like, uh, I mean... Like, he couldn't even really advise him to find help. He couldn't be, like, the person that's like, how can I help you find the help you need? Because that's not what their relationship was. But he didn't yeah. have anyone left that had that relationship. And so that was bleak. That, one, that was really hard. That scared me and made me extra sad for him and the loved one that was lingering, because it would be if if there is any choice we have in sticking around after we're gone i would find i i could not leave a loved one like that either in that situation where they're completely alone they can't even let themselves into the house there's no mm-hmm. one around them that can let them into the house um or tell them they need help or yeah like that oh ouch ouch
0: yeah how can how could you ever leave Yeah, I thought it was obviously incredibly powerful and that our main characters had really powerful things to say about it. They had commentary that they had gone through similar circumstances. It all just flowed really well together as a story. And then by the end, we get the couple on the park bench and he says, you were the best wife ever and i'm so scared that i'll forget that (laughs) how are you supposed to deal with like it's a k-drama how i don't think i'd cried that hard since we watched goblin and i know that's a dumb thing to say
1: i mean we all remember happy
0: yeah they're just like they did in like 40 minutes what entire K-dramas have given us, the kind of, the kind of heartbreak that other K-dramas have given us in 16 episodes, and just kudos to the writers for that, but it ends up all right. I love, like, <laughs> maybe it's silly that this also gets me choked up, but Manager Gui being like, I'll drive you to the, the home you're going to, because i I just really hope that, I, I like I said, I think most people are unequipped to interact with people with dementia. I think that's something that's really hard to know what the right thing to do is. And it was very touching to see this man, who they knew was struggling, walk into a restaurant and say, I'm going to this place today. And they said, All right. And then they made sure to get him there. I think it's so easy to not realize that probably after ten minutes of eating, he could have easily forgotten that that's where he was going that day. And they're like, don't worry, viewers. We got you. We're going to take care of Grandpa. Manager Greet's going to drive him.
1: <laughs> he missed the Papa part. And she made him his wife's dumplings. <laughs> Still up. Have- <laughs> you need to sit down. You must stick Baba bar? Could you take a break? Could we all take a break for a minute?
0: So just like, was it the best episode of any K drama ever? Or was this like, is this just hitting Raquel and I especially hard for some reason?
1: Yeah, uh circling back to that first question, here at the end we just want to repose it. And uh if you uh, are listening, please let us know if this was just the best episode of any K drama ever, and if you have found a better episode in another K drama, let us know what that K drama is. Because I guess we do want to be hurt. I would love to see. I would love to see a better K drama episode. <laughs> you can try. You can try, but I that might have been peak hurt. I don't know. I've been hurt a lot by K dramas recently. It feels like. <laughs>
0: Um, well, the easiest place to get in touch with us is playonkpodcast
1: at com. Yeah, you can also reach out to us on social media. Uh, just give us a level 1 to 10 of just how much this episode 5 hurt you. At playonkpodcast on Instagram or at playonk on Twitter.
0: We have a website where you can comment directly on the episodes That's playonk.com, and there you can find a link to our Patreon, you can sign up for our newsletter, and you can find links to our affiliates, NordVPN,
1: and Blueberry Podcast Hosting. Yeah, we also have, um, we have our direct Patreon link is patreon.com slash playonk, and if you go there, you can find ways to support us directly and get access to our bonus content, and we'd love to see you.
0: Finally, if you leave us a rating and review wherever you listen to us on whatever streaming platform you've found us on, we would appreciate it so much, and of course, love to give you a shout-out on the podcast. I should say, I noticed today that we got more ratings on iTunes. Thank you so much. We appreciate those. But we can't see who left ratings. If you just give us five stars and don't leave like a review... It doesn't show us a list of like people's names, so thank you. We appreciate it so much. But yeah, that's we don't know deal. your names.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but we, but yeah, thanks for even taking the time to do that. It means the world. Um, and honestly, if you did that and like you didn't want the world to see your review and you just wanted to leave it as a rating, but you did want us to know it was you, like. I am all for, like, you shooting us a quick email or something just so we can thank you and talk to you and let you know how grateful we are for you listening to our our podcast. Yeah! Please
0: reach out. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back with the finale of Mystic Pop-Up Bar next week.